Hey y'all, hey, welcome to Where's My Blueprint Podcast, where we talk about all things adulting, our experiences as three Black women on this amazing journey of living our best life, trying to support each other as we figure out this ghetto world of adulting. I am joined by my amazing co-host, Nay and Sunny D. Hey honeys, I'm Nay, your virtual homegirl who thoughts on almost any and everything. Also, full-time parent, and sometimes you may hear my little one in the background of this podcast. Lo siento, I am sorry. To me, adulting is a game of whack-a-mole. Once you think you have one thing conquered, something else pops right up. Hey everyone, it's Sunny D. And to me, adulting is choosing to be your best self while that laundry piles up and the dogs chew on your good shoes. Yo, this is your girl, Nakai, and I'm your host of Where's My Blueprint Podcast. I randomly burst out in song, Love Ice, and think adulting is a beautiful storm of I get to do what I want to do mixed with what the hell did I sign up for? Thanks for joining us. Now let's get to the episode. Hey, welcome back to Where's My Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver entertaining education and some inspirational thoughts and comments all about adulting. We want to give a special shout out to all of our social workers, chalet specialists, and all women for this month. And we thank you, thank you, thank you for making an impact and difference every day you show up to work, every day you show up to your family, and just for being you. So thank you. So you know we do a quote every episode, and today we have two quotes. And the first one is, perhaps if tearful little boys were confirmed instead of shamed, there wouldn't be so many angry men struggling to express and empathize with emotions. And that is by Leela Scott. And the second one is being a male is a matter of birth. Being a man is a matter of choice by Edwin Cole. First and foremost, audience, um, the kind meant comforted instead of confronted because them are two different meanings. But anyway, it's too close to ovulation time. You about to have me crying with these quotes. I don't appreciate I'm not going there. I thoroughly enjoy them. Kind of the blueprint for my um, parenting. I think it's so important for men to become okay with their emotions and recognizing that they exist and it is okay to have them and for them to do that at a very young age so that it's not new to them um, in their adulthood. And I definitely think men have different, different men have different definitions of what a man is, but I think becoming whatever that is, is absolutely a choice because they don't have, well, nowadays they do have a choice to being male. That's beside the point. Anyways, y'all get my point. I like both of them. I digress. I think it's, thank you so much for that correction too. I appreciate it. I think I was like Kev on stage and to hear how he kept saying, so Tom, (laughs) um, no, I agree with both of y'all. And I also think that it being a man, honestly, being a black person is hard and being a woman, I'm going to say being a black woman is probably the hardest thing in this world, honestly, but being a man and you cannot express your feelings or you don't even know how to express your feelings. Just living with that internal disruption and frustration is on a level that I don't want to know because we are guiding ourselves into this beautiful song. Life. I think like what y'all said is like, again, representation matters. If you don't have a man in your life to show you how to be a man, what does that look like for you? But you can also, like you said, make the choice to be a man, but you still have to see some type of model for it. Well, and also not to put the whole onus on Black men, as Black women, we have to be not only responsive, but accepting of Black men when they perform emotions and feelings and not shut them down or call them weak or 
words say they're not being a man and all this other stuff. Like we as women also play a role in creating safe spaces for those expressions of emotions. Because a lot of times, from what I'm told with Black men, it is a scary situation to find yourself in when you are unintentionally expressing those emotions around a woman and don't know if this is a safe space, safe space or not for that. Oh, I cannot wait to get into this episode, y'all. With that, we're going to start with our either or. And our either or for this episode is... So this episode, our either or is random. Either or. Have a commercial grade kitchen. All the appliances, all the gadgets, all the gizmos. Or a two-story closet. All the shelves, all the racks, all the drawers, all the mirrors, all the things. I'm going to go with the kitchen because for me, I would really prefer to have like a really amazing amazing kitchen where I can cook, I can bake, I can still like, if especially if I have every single gadget that somebody else paid for, that's just in my kitchen. Oh, definitely. The two-story closet I think would be pretty, but I'll be okay with a one-story closet because I can, most of my stuff was fit in there. I don't have a lot of stuff like that. I'm not a fashionista like that. Um, But the commercial grade kitchen, if someone's paying for this and someone's paying for every single gadget I want and how I want to design, I'm going with that. I am most definitely going with this commercial grade kitchen me and the hubsters we already kind of on our way to getting every appliance you can think of my only caveat is in lieu of this whole soft life situation the housekeeper comes with the custom grade kitchen because I'm not cleaning up after myself and then I don't think personally that the two-story closet is practical because what happens when you get out you ain't gonna want to go up them stairs to get dressed so I feel like the only option is the kitchen so I like a good amount of storage the two two-story closet option is very appealing to me. With that saying, I love food more than I love storage. So I'm going to go with a gourmet commercial grade kitchen with a sub-zero freezer and the ice maker that also makes regular ice, nugget ice, craft ice, all the ice. I want islands. I want all of the, the, the countertop space and the hidden outlets. I want it all. And I need all of it. I want a spice rack. I want a walk-in pantry. I need it all. And that's where I'm going to go with so it seems like this kitchen situation would bring us all joy and quite possibly fun. So ladies, um, how did y'all have fun this week? Okay, so I don't know. It was late. I don't know if y'all saw this video that I put in our chat. But last night in our deep dive rabbit hole that is YouTube, my husband and I came across Michael Jackson's live dangerous tour in some country I can't pronounce. But it was a sea of people. They're all falling out. They're doing the most. I always wanted to go to a Michael Jackson concert. My parents was like, it's too many people. Absolutely not. They were very smart about that. But I was living my best life until Smooth Criminal came on and my husband decided, oh, I could do that. That meaning the choreography and went to go put on his dress shoes. Mind you, these are two different dress shoes and decided to recreate said Smooth Criminal choreography in the living room. Waking up the puppies, our youngest one was like, you ain't never did this before. I don't know what's going on. And he went on like a barking spree it wasn't like a a serious bark but it was like are you okay what are you doing what's happening what is this and I was in tears laughing so hard because this was the funniest thing to do at two o'clock in the morning for no random reason and we just had the best time being silly and ridiculous so that's that's how we had fun this week so I had fun this week by having um dinner slash good conversations with a friend and 
it was dinner, which was really good. Talked about a lot of stuff. Laughed till like your face hurt. I don't know if y'all have ever had that where you're just like laughing and laughing and laughing like you, your face is hurting. And then all of a sudden your stomach hurts and you're like, man, I just felt like I just did a hundred crunches. So I thought that was enjoyable. And then the next day woke up to like my face, like still hurting. And I was like, man, these muscles, you, it's so true. If you don't use them, you lose them. But that was my fun for the week. I had fun this week by actually watching TV. My life has been so busy, so hectic. Priorities are just that priorities so that I am behind on all my shows. So me and the little, we sat on this couch and we watched the whole other season. Well, the newest season of Grownish, And I had me a jolly good time. Now, don't come at me other people for saying that that is not a suitable content for a three-year-old. Mind your business, parent your own kids. But for me and mine, we watched that Grownish, and we both had a good time. Anywho, back to my lovable self. This week, we are giving Black men all of the flowers and the love. Ladies, I don't think we've had an episode strictly devoted to our Black kings. And by Black kings, I mean all of my sun-kissed, melanated men with ancestry from the African diaspora. Whether that be those still in the motherland, in the Caribbean, in the U.S., or on the moon, LOL. But, sis and sis, are we including our pale-skinned South African brethren, though? Let me know. I mean, do they go through the same thing that our melanated ones do? I don't know, but technically, they might be from the African diaspora. But we ain't got to include them if we don't want to. It's our podcast. So let's start off with a fun little game as Sunny D collects herself. You all have $20 to build a Black man. These are the different things you could purchase in said Black man. He can be attractive, but that's going to cost you $3. He can be funny, but that's going to be a dollar. He could be smart, but that's $2. You could have some great bomb sex. That's $5. He can be faithful, but you're going to come up off $3. Or he could be wealthy, but you're going to come off $3 again. He can have no kids, but y'all know we in our 30s, so that's going to be about $5. And that's being generous. He can be over six foot, but that's only like 2% of the population. So that's going to be another $5. He can be athletic build, have an athletic body, you know, all the muscles. But that's going to be $4 because metabolism... He can be romantic, wine you and dine you, but that's going to be $3. And he can be loyal, but that's going to be $5. Like I said, you only have 20. What's your man going to have? Y'all, it is serious. Sunny D done put on the glasses and everything. I had to do the math. Okay, 20 bucks, right? Numero uno, bomb six, $5. I need a man that is faithful. Okay, that's $3. Now we up to eight. Loyalty is muy importante. Okay, that's $5, as we said. Smart, I need an intelligent man. We need to have conversations. We need to think about things. We need to plan. Gotta have that. I love a good romance, okay? Make breakfast, bring it to me in bed, give me a foot massage, all the things. I need all the things. And funny is an absolute necessity. Now that only costs $1, but I'll take that twice. And now we had 20 bucks. The end. The math that's happening right now. Everybody's mathing. Look at this. No, looks so contemplative. This is the best. I'm over here laughing because I'm like, so I'm at 19. <laughs> and I mean, can I get half of something? Because... <laughs> 
Like, what does that look like? And can I just go ahead and borrow from somebody else? Can I borrow your one point because you're, can I borrow a dollar from you because you didn't really use yours? Like, what does this look like? <laughs> See, I used all mine because I was at 19. So I just said, give me double funny. So that's what brought me to my 20. But you already got, well, you already got one. Don't use the double funny. Give me a dollar so I can finish mine at 20. <laughs> Not that Nakia is trying to pick up the money, the change left on the register, since that is not a dollar bill left on the ground that you found. No, but while you still contemplate, I'll go. Y'all, don't judge me because I feel like I'm going to have to explain some of these. I'm going to do romantic for $3 because your girl, like I said, I'm about this soft life. Why me, dying me? Attractive, even though I know that is relative, but my version of attractive, so that's another $3. Funny, because I love a good laugh. That's a dollar. Smart, because too much dumbness is only going to irritate and frustrate me. Great sex, because if he is willing, sex can be taught based on what your partner like. Hallelujah. That's 14. Now, here's where y'all's judgment might come up be. Don't judge me. Judge mama and the children that you birthed. I'm going to take loyal. And it was a tie between loyal and faithful. But hear me out. If we want to be poly, or if we have an open relationship, technically that is not faithful, but you are loyal to me and we are under a What's that word? We are under an understanding of what is the parameters of this relationship. So that brings me to 19 and I will give Nakai my dollar that is left over. Okay. So y'all know the math ain't mathing on my end, but (laughs) so I did first and foremost, great sex for five and then went around and go ahead and did the faithful for three. So now I'm at eight attractive for three. We're at 11, funny, 12, smart. Same reason that Nate said, I listen. I can't have a conversation with a dummy. Like, I don't even like small talk. So if you can't intellectually stimulate me, we don't need it to know. Where am I at? Who's keeping count? Am I supposed to keep my own count? (laughs) Girl, you started off saying your math don't math. So we just here for the ride. Oh, cool. (laughs) So I'm at 14, loyal for five. That puts me right at 19. And so I have one dollar left over. Nay, let me borrow a dollar and Sunny D left a dollar on the table. So that's $3. So I left with romantic. <laughs> Why you jack Sunny D for a dollar though? I use my dollar. I got a whole comedian over here. That one, that was not <laughs> an option for you to double. Yeah. Well, we ain't talk about borrowing money either. <laughs> she said, ain't no do- double portion B. Oh, talk about I love- my stomach hurting again. <laughs> I just love playing games with y'all because it is never a dull moment when I whip out the games. But ladies, because we are doing this ode to Black men, what physical traits do y'all find desirable and attractive in our melanated brethren? I love me a good smiling man. Like men who can laugh and who smile and who embrace joy and light like that is so freaking attractive from a physical standpoint I can stare at a man's back all day I don't know what it is about back arms like all of it if it's tattooed that might be even a tad bit better don't ask me why I always have I like to walk I like to watch them walk away anyways that's besides the point but give me a good smile over anything I love it hold on before that guy speaks I'm gonna set the picture for you so when Sunny D was saying that, y'all missed it. Because Nakai got this look of disgust on her face. 
And I'm just intrigued by this answer about the back. But considering that Sunny D said, don't ask her about it because she can't explain it. I can't ask her about it because she can't explain it. But just the dichotomy of both of our expressions as Sunny D waxes poetically about her love of backs, chef's kiss comedy. I'm over here like in confusion and a little disgust of like a back. Like, is this a fetish? Like, could this be a fetish? Like, and I say that like, no, like, you know, I love you. No judgment, but judgment in a little bit. Uh, <laughs> like, I can see if it's like, like the rock, right? Like Dwayne Johnson, like his back is big. But I'm like, I don't think I would be looking at like, oh, you got a big, nice back. You a linebacker. You know? Love it. Like the shoulder blades. You know, you watch dudes at the gym and they're they're doing like the thing. And listen, I just be on the treadmill gazing until my legs hurt. But that's beside the point. But yeah, no, that's a, that's a thing. And I enjoy it. You over here having a whole entire fantasy mm-hmm. and daydreaming about whoever in front of you on, what is it called? I forgot the thing too. So whatever that thing is called. Come on, hit us up, Nay. What's the thing called? The bench press? What we doing? The, the curls? We doing things? Can you tell that we actively, regularly go to the gym? I don't know what it's called. I have no idea. But think, okay, picture this. You ever, because we all spend $5 on great sex, right? We all did. It's fine. But I'm just thinking like nails going down the back when it's like, it's good. I just, okay, listen, these faces, I know my choice. (laughs) I know my choice. I mean, we don't get shame at all. If you ain't learned nothing else about this podcast, we do not kink shame. However, comma, that is funny. (laughs) Not going. And yes, all opinions and all kinks are accepted here. We love everyone that's melanated. Anywho. um, (laughs) A physical trait that I think that's desirable. I will agree with Sunny D with a smile. Like I feel like a guy with a beautiful smile is like, Okay, but also like a beard, a beard that's very well groomed and maintained because y'all know hygiene is top of the list for me. That should have been on the list. Good hygiene, (laughs) but like a very well, nice, like, you know, beard. Y'all know what I'm trying to say? I'm trying to think of an example, but like um, I can't think of a guy who has like a really good beard off the top of my head, but like a really nice beard with a smile, I think is like, okay, okay. And then for me, I think y'all are going to judge me on this, but some really nice legs. Like if you have really nice legs, I see a, I see the disgusting, a little side eye from Sunny D coming because you talking about a back, I'm talking about legs. But I mean, you got to have them strong legs for him to actually pick you up so you can scratch his back when it's getting good. I'm just saying, if them legs weak, he going to buckle at them knees. Anyway. <laughs> Um, so I would say like some really nice legs. Okay, to round it out, I see where both of y'all are going. I too love a nice smile. However, I'm a little fun-sized girl. I'm five two. Boop, boop, boop. The most attractive thing is a man who is not fat, but is taller than me and thick. Since a very young age, I've always said, I can't do no skinny man. If something go down, I can't have you running behind me and then I'm the one who getting got. I need somebody who's going to protect me, who's going to do like the hug, who's going to, you know, turn around, shield me. and You can't see me no more. Maybe it's the fun size girl in me, but, you know, maybe that was some now resolved daddy issues. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. 
but I, I like me a protector. I like to be able to look at you and see, okay, I don't know nothing about you, but just by looks, you can be my protector. Because once again, soft life, trying to be a Smith's Black woman. I don't want to be nobody else's protector. I, I can't be no man's protector. So let me have this big, strong, strapping man. And we can do some things. Hence the great sex. And the Kai... About the hygiene thing, if you are having great sex, it could happen in the shower. Hygiene. There you go. Oh, of course. Definitely in the shower. Like, there's multiple places that this can happen. Yes. I was laughing because I thought of, I just literally watched this um, YouTube short clip or whatever they're doing now. And the guy was like, well, why do women like men who are over six feet? And he was like, I'm five nine. I got a good job. I got all this stuff. <laughs> Literally, the response from the woman is like switch in the response for the woman was the same thing. It's like, but can you protect me? I don't feel safe. We the same height. <laughs> like, if something happened, all right, and I look at you, can you protect me? And I think of it so funny is that like we really equate like height with protection because it's like that overbearing, like I'm taller than you. I got you. I can stand in front of you. I can block you. You know what I mean? Like, and I just thought that was funny. Yeah, because I don't know if y'all experienced this, but there is nothing more endearing and annoying that when your guy gets behind you and rests his head on the top of your, well, rests his chin on the top of your head. It's super annoying, but it's like, oh, you're my little human blanket. I can wrap up in you. Especially because Jay always says I can't be Big Spoon. If anything, I can be the jetpack because he's so much bigger than me. It's, it's just the little things like that. Like, I don't, I, yeah, I just can't be your protector. No, I'm Alex's protector. He a baby. He almost bigger than me too. So yeah, no, no protecting from that. Ladies, what physical or character traits do y'all find? attractive. And I, I go first. I love me a good man that I can learn something from. Like it don't have to be something super serious. It don't have to be anything like that. But I love me a well-rounded, educated on whatever kind of man. Like teach me something. Let me learn something that I ain't never learned. Because if I'm with somebody, once again, smarter than me, I'm like, what are, what are we doing here? How am I growing? How am I learning? Because I can show you some things, tell you a little bit about some stuff, but I need that reciprocity. I enjoy, similarly, I like being able to benefit from my partner's perspective of his like life experience or knowledge. Like being able to sit and you can teach me how to like, tie a knot on a fish hook because that's the thing my husband likes to do is to do fishing to sit with me and teach me how to thread something or how to tie such and such or whatever like that's like patience is attractive right compassion all of those things but I also love a man that knows his way around the kitchen and is familiar with being able to cook and being very confident within his masculinity in a kitchen like I listen bring me food you can feed me sign me up immediately for me I would say for personality or character of you gotta be funny because I feel like if you don't laugh with your person and you don't like really enjoy their time mm, I'd rather go home and watch a tv show but like really like be funny but also I agree with Sunny D if you can cook lord that 
that would be great. But also decisive. Like, I don't want to be the one in making all the decisions. Like, I just want you to be like, hey, we going to Perry Steakhouse tonight. Just letting you know, be ready at this time. Cool. Thank you. I ain't got to make the decision where we eat. Granted, we know we're not going to Perry Steakhouse because I don't really eat. I'm a vegetarian. However, <laughs> sample. But I think that, but I also think of like a personality that's very laid back and humble, if that makes sense. But also the, with that kind of have that je ne sais quoi of like the confidence of like, I know I'm the shit, right? Like anything I do, I'm that, I'm that dude, but I'm gonna do it so humbly, but it's still sexy. Does that make sense? I think that makes sense. I say one thing, I'm going to Paris and I'm gonna get a pork chop because they're delicious. But I also wanted to make note, like, I love a man that doesn't take himself too seriously. Also, that we can just be silly and childlike and just enjoy the freeness that comes with being able to do that and looking ridiculous and silly and not worrying about how we look. Like, I like being able to play with my partner. I totally get that. And speaking of partners, have you all always dated Black men or have you dated other cultures? And like, I know you've been set up with other cultures and that might not have been the best thing in the world, but have y'all ever dated or been in a relationship with somebody of another culture? And if so, how did that differ from being with a Black man? I've always had an affinity for chocolate. All the guys that I've ever been in a relationship with have always been black there were those occasions where like you have like a crush or something like that on someone that may be of a different culture or whatever but and most of those people are like celebrities (laughs) but um but yeah I've only dated black men in my mind I am in a relationship with um Aquaman Mm -mm -mm. but reality I've dated, uh, but that was like, I don't even count it. It was like, what was before high school, like ninth grade, like a Latino. So I don't really count that because it was like, we were, we were kids. That doesn't count. So after that, nope, nothing but the black man, the chocolateness, the beauty of it. So once again, I am said uniform. <laughs> In college, I dated and had situationships with a white boy or two. I don't, it's something about redheads that they like me. I I, I don't, I find them intriguing. So there might've been a redhead or two thrown in the mix, but it was a very stark difference from dating them as opposed to dating a black man. I don't know if it was the... A little bit, a little bit like Prince Harry, but I don't know if it was the, and I'm going to say this, but I don't mean it as shade or a dig, but the emotional unresponsiveness of a Black man, which is what I was accustomed to. Like the white boys were more in touch with their feelings. Therefore, they were more expressive of their feelings. And I know earlier in this episode, we appreciate, applauded, and wanted to celebrate and nurture and cultivate that. But when you are dealing from with a person who was not used for that, it sounded mad annoying and I was like get away from me like you clingy and you want to tell me all about your emotions and everything else bye where my black man who is gonna hold all that stuff in and everything else so once again toxic not good but there was that difference that was gonna be my question of like was there a difference in expression of emotions was there a difference in like how he really cared for you overall meaning like making sure like 
communicating like, hey, how are you doing? How was your day actually listening and taking it into account, you know? So not necessarily on that side. It was more expressive of what he was going through. And there might have been a couple of tears every now and then. There might have been, well, I don't feel like you're invested. I don't know if you like me. Exactly. Sunny Dick, that that face, that face. You come from my same maybe trauma foundation. Like hearing that as a college student, like, uh, what, what? I don't want to hear this. I want you to ask me what my day has been and let me cry on your shoulder and everything else. I don't want to pat your back like I'm your mama. And then it's that, I don't know if it was the fetish or if they liked me for me. One of them also was the same person that said another like white girl was blacker than me. Once again, don't judge my dating history in the past. But it was a difference between that and going home to my brothers and just feeling legitimately like home. Y'all, y'all understand how that might be? Yeah. But I think of like, I know we said it's probably toxic, but dang, that sucks of like home is honestly toxic. Like black, we're supposed to be giving y'all y'all flowers. So we love y'all. But isn't it, it sucks that like our home is toxic with y'all of y'all can't express y'all feelings. But then when we get that, it's like, oh, you, this is too much. Like we're not used to this. You got to go. But then we get in relationships and we, what do we tell the black man? Can you talk to us? Can you express? Can you, we want to know what's in your mind. And he's like, well, if I do, then you run. But if I don't, then you complain. Dang, black man, y'all may not can win. But here's the thing. I think they can win because yes, we want them to express their feelings. But I think subtext in this whole conversation is the swag and the finesse of a Black man. Like a Black man can tell you all his deepest, darkest secret, but it doesn't seem like an area of weakness. It's a kind of swag about it. And it almost makes you feel like you are being entrusted with something so precious because not everybody gets it, which is in turn inherently sexy as well. Like, ooh, you trust me enough to tell me this? You trust me enough to show you this side? Like, I know the world, you gotta be all strong, but right here, you can lean on me. And everything. Maybe I read too many romance novels. We already have, you know, established that. But yeah, the swag of a black man. What's y'all? What What's y'all thoughts? And how y'all feel about that swag? Do y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all got thoughts on that swag? I was gonna say I love it because you tapped into vulnerability. Because just even in our culture, we're not vulnerable. Whether we're a black man or a black woman, it's hard for us to be vulnerable. But like you said, when a black man who still has that, for lack of a better term, I heard this term from my friend, like this corporate thug is able to pillow talk. You're holding, I'm thinking of like, you can't be the big spoon, you're the little spoon, but you're holding him or like whatever. And he's literally pouring out his emotions to you. Like that is such a sacred time, but so beautiful in the same sense of like, Like, just like you said, like, oh my gosh, you're sharing this with me. Oh my gosh, you're now opening a new door to a deeper dive into you. But now our relationship is even deeper and more connected too. And side note, when you were saying that, I was thinking of the song, Lean On Me, when you're not strong and I'll be their friend, I will help you carry on. Four and (laughs) see. But no, in hitting on that, just thinking about my upbringing, the upbringing of the Black men around me, as well as what I'm trying to instill in my young Black boy and who will one day be a Black man. I think also in the Black community and with the Black men, maybe not of this age, because I don't know how they're raising them kids today, 
But there's also a level of manners and chivalry that come with our maybe and possibly older generations of Black men, that they take their role as protector, guardian of their Black women seriously. And that also is super attractive. And once again, like I said, you know, I got protection issues. Like if you can protect me, mind, body, and soul, that's half the battle, probably three-fourths of the battle. I'm like, where are you going? Take me with you. I love that you said that because I think of um, my great uncle, and his wife. And like, till this day, she does not open a door at all, at all. And even if we're walking, like we'll be walking. And then he, if he realizes like he's on, he's all, he has to always be closest to the um, street, no matter what, like he will force, pull us, get, or he'll, he's, I love him. He's so country. He's like, if you don't get your ass on this side of the street, like, what are you doing? But he's, I love my uncle country as heck. And I love it, but he's very ship like that shivery. Right. And he's, he will literally say, if we're going out as a man, I'm paying for everything. If we're doing this, like anything, like if something's wrong, the one, like his wife, my aunt, never speaks up she'll tell him he'll automatically say it and it's sometimes like when I was growing up I was like is he controlling but it took me understanding he's not controlling he's protecting because if something goes haywire he's that first defense and then then it's the mom and it's the kids but he is on that front line and so I do wonder like how are these kids nowadays being raised like do they understand that you are supposed to hold a door open for a lady okay that's me my petty thought of like but then again are these ladies ladying but like what does that look like like are they consistently doing this and like do we even teach how do how do how are they learning to understand what manners are or chivalry is if they don't have someone to teach them I think they are getting taught and once again I can only speak from my household because as for me in my house, our little one is getting taught that so much. So it's so funny when we pick Alex up from school and especially me when I pick him up. So they have a courtyard, which has a door that blocks like the office part of the CDC from the actual CDC. He will literally run to that door and open it for me and everybody else. And don't let there be somebody like at the front of the building. He will seriously make me wait until they come through that door and hold it. And I'll be like, no, they're not here yet. He'll be like, mm-mm, I get it. I hold it. So the little ones are being taught. It just depends on where they are, but it's also being taught explicitly but also implicitly because Alex also sees his dad open up my car door. He sees his dad like providing that leadership and those chivalrous qualities. And so the first role model superhero that little boys have most of the time is their dads. So he wants to be like daddy. And I think instinctually, Alex just knows that as a male, he's put on this earth to protect. So he's always like, mommy, I go first. I open the door. I do it. Or if we're even laying on the couch, it's nothing for him to like pull my head and make me like lean on his shoulder. But he just has that strong, like protective characteristics of this is my household. This is a 
female in my house, it is my job to protect them. And we have never given him that conversation or that verbiage, but instinctually he knows it. Yeah, I think the little ones are being taught. I have several nephews and one niece and she has a older brother and a younger brother. And I see them and sometimes I just sit and I watch because he has his dad, he has his grandfather, he has his uncle and my husband and like all in his life. And I can see some of their qualities and some of their teachings within him as he's getting older he's like nine now I think it is and you know he's that he encourages her with her slime making and we like over the holidays we did gingerbread houses and he was helping her to build it and making sure that like she had the supplies that she needed and he's very caring and loving towards his sister And even towards his younger brother and making sure that the little one is protected because he's the youngest. And I get to sit back and see kind of what these principles are being taught and how he's responding to them. And in those moments, because they're children, they're learning and they need guidance along the way. And in those moments where that guidance needs to be, you know, happen or things need to be corrected, I see my husband step in and very masculine, very much in his man mode to be able to sit and teach his nephew and have these conversations with this is how you do that. And you make sure that you know, your sister is on this side of you when you're walking down the street and things of that nature. And I love being able to see that because it's nice to know that there are members of our youth that are being raised with these qualities that are protective and that are beneficial to, I think, society as a whole. So I like being able to sit and watch him become a little man boy as he (laughs) continues to grow up. Well, do y'all think that these are characteristics unique to the Black community. Um, I know that for the most part, our dealings have predominantly been with Black men. Do you feel like this expression of chivalry and manners are unique to them? Or do you feel like it's just unique to men of a certain age and era? Ooh, y'all, Nika, I got her thinking face. I know, big time. This is about to get good. I think it's both in a sense, because granted, I can only speak from a Black perspective. It's the only perspective that I have. So that's where that's where it is that I'm coming from. But I see like these characteristics and, and principles that like my grandfather had that was passed down to my dad, that was passed down to my brother. And I see the same thing with my father-in-law that was passed down to my brother-in-law is passed down to my husband. Like I can see where a lot of these characteristics are kind of old school, quote unquote, I guess what people would consider to be old school. And I don't, I mean, I'm sure other ethnicities have like manners or something. I don't know. I just don't know what that looks like. Some, like I see your face, somebody somewhere. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what that lineage looks like being passed down because I haven't had the experience of being that close to deal with that but I think it is a little bit of both I think it's definitely within our culture and I definitely think it's it's coming from generations ago yeah I guess my question stems from the thought or the premise of are these seeds that have sprouted from the trauma of slavery, of not having that ability to protect, to show praise, adoration, 
for your Black woman and your spouse. And once you do get that privilege or behind closed doors, you want to be her protector. You want to show her that she's appreciated. You want her to, for all intents and purposes, have that soft life. And how do you do that? But by exhibiting those actions and behaviors. So that's where the intense thought process look came from was that's where I was going to go. And I was like, Ooh, is this going to be too deep? Let me figure this out. Um, because I do believe your history has your history impacts your future and your history impacts your today. And just like you said, in slavery, they it, it was hard to protect your family when you know when basically the consequence was death. Like there's no debate on that. It's a fact. And now you see it as like a true protection in a different sense. Like the essence of the protection is different. Uh, like I can protect you financially. I can protect you physically. I can protect you making sure you have somewhere to stay stability. Like those protections are look different, but stem from the same thing of like at any given moment. Well, I mean, we're going to call a duck a duck. At any given moment in slavery, a white man can come and take you and your family's left without anything. And to me, as just a human, the, the what word am I looking for? The, the trauma, but also the hurt that goes with that is now embedded in our DNA. And that's what's passed down from generation to generation to generation. And it's not a, oh, get over slavery. No, it's literally in our DNA now. And so when we think about like men and being, having these manners and like seeing someone show them, yeah, we, representation matters, obviously. But also, like you said, it's innate in a man. Because I also think of like, sorry, I don't, I haven't really seen any white people do this, but this is just my experience. Like I even think I grew up with a friend that was Latina, Puerto Rican, and her dad was very protective of their family. Like legit, like if you need anything, mom, you don't work. You take care of the kids. Like I am the protector of this family. And I think of like in our in that culture too, it's very similar uh, because they, they've gone through something similar just like black people, obviously. I know they are black people like they say. <laughs> we'll let y'all get a pass on y'all. But even them, their thing of protecting the family. But even if you look at their culture and how their culture is set up, it's family first like family first. And I think of it is because like you, you already said it, like the history behind it. And now it's like another part of like, as the man I'm seeing now, some of them grew up without a father, but now they have children and they knew what that pain was. And they knew the questions that they had, to, they were asking themselves. They knew that void that they still currently have and they don't want that for their seeds. So it's like now this whole entire, I'm reparenting myself, but I'm also trying to be the man that I never had in my life, but trying to see what that looks like. And I'm going along on this journey with my child too. That was a lot. I think similarly, it does, I feel like everything ties back to back then, because like Nakai said, there's so many things that are embedded in the very building blocks of who we are as Black people. And I even think back just even more recently to like the 50s and the 60s, the 60s specifically, during all of the, the madness that was the civil rights and 
how like the Black Panther Party came about in protecting our people and protecting the family and protecting the kids and being able to provide resources that weren't like that we didn't have access to that weren't given to members of our community back then and how adamant it was for like the protection factor to be and the principles that stemmed from that were embedded into men in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s and go on and so forth but it all leads back to being able to not having that opportunity to protect those that you are responsible for. And I think that's maybe like an innate thing that men have centuries ago, being able to protect. I think that's just like a male thing. But back then they weren't able to do so. And families were split up and you could only do so much when you're literally chained down. So question for you, when we think of like men and even the men in our lives, is there something like unique about the man in your life, Sunny D? Like, is it like something unique about your brother or your hubby or like your uncles that you're like, yeah, that's my, that's my black man. One of the thing, one of the many things that I love about men in my family, from my dad, my brother, my husband, my in-laws, like the ability to enjoy humor and find humor in maybe some things and some situations that aren't innately funny, but being able to find that light in whatever darkness that we tend to go through, that's one of the things that I absolutely love. Like, especially from my dad specifically, even when he was in the hospital, paralyzed from the neck down and in a coma, out of a coma, all the medical things that he had to deal with. In those moments where he was able to speak, there were always jokes. There was always some sort of lightness. There was always something humorous to be said. And my brother's the same way. And my husband's silly in that manner. So the men in my life have that ability to make sure that humor is embedded and threaded throughout day-to-day life, which I wouldn't, I don't think I would survive without it. I think that's awesome because I think of like, just in general, how important it is to laugh, how important it is to, like we talk about um, week, weekly of like, what did you do to play? How did you have fun? What what did smiling or, you know, joy look like this week? And for, <laughs> I say this as respectfully as I can, y'all, but that's where, you know, we were building a guy, you know, we were building a man and most of us said attractive, but it's funny because like, a, and they said attractive, attractiveness looks different in every word. Cause like somebody who's freaking hilarious and makes you laugh could be the ugliest person, but quote unquote is attractive because they make you laugh, right? They're sending all these fun little emotions and um, vibes and vibrations to your body. And it's like, yay, oh, he is cute. Or like, you know how like women like, he ain't that cute, but he's funny. He does this and he's da 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 da. So I think that's great. Yeah, he's cute to me. I actually didn't add attractiveness in my $20. I doubled up on the funny because that's attractive to me. Humor is attractive to me. Being romantic is attractive. Being loyal is attractive. Like I could, I could make something attractive. Like being physically attractive isn't the end all be all, but yeah, being able to, to have that humor, like I, I can't live without that. No, I totally get that man of like, you just got to laugh. Cause I'm a big component of like, I just need just having a laugh a day 
in my opinion, is what really, really keeps the doctor away and what really keeps, you know, disease and sickness and frustrations and all that away. Like having a really good laugh is great, especially if you can do it with a black man that you'd like, you know, not only are we laughing together, but you got a cute smile and a nice beard and for Sunny to your nice back. But yeah, like I think all of that together makes like, you know, dude, you're really cool. Have you ever been attracted to like any of your homeboys? No. You know what's weird? I get, I'm very much tunnel vision. And if I have someone that I'm interested in, it is that person and that person only. And my BF, like my my best guy friend can be Michael B. Jordan himself. And I'm not looking at him in that way because my attention is over here to this dude in front of me. So I've never been like attracted to any of my guy friends when like, actually I've never been attracted to any of my guy friends ever. I get that. I think the one guy friend for me I was attracted to was in high school. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're so freaking cute. Oh my gosh, I don't even know how to act around you. So it was like being, and one of my friends caught me out on it. It was like, you're so girly when you're around him, but you're not like that normally. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And then he'll come in and I'm like, hi, how was your day? And I'm like, I'm not even like this. But found out, I don't think we were really friends. It was just, I had a crush on you. And so having to like, they were like, oh, I actually have a crush on you. So we're not friends. We're just, you're just a, what is it? Biggie, Biggie said, a some, some, I just crush a lot. What was, what's the lyric? I ain't a player. I just crush a lot. Yeah. Yes. I ain't a player. I just crush a lot. So ladies, since we are all giving our Black men these flowers and everything else, what ways do you give the Black men in your life or the ones you come in contact? In what ways do you give them your, those flowers? That's a good one. I I try my best to show gratitude for not even just for being able to do things or protecting me or any of those things, but just for who they are. And like my relationship with my brother, we're incredibly close, like as close as two siblings can be that like aren't twins. You know what I mean? Like we're super close and I love him to pieces and I can just send him a text or call and check on him or just randomly send him some money. That's always a good idea (laughs) with my sibling, just sell him $50 for whatever reason. But yeah, we have a really close relationship and I just love being able to love on him and he be able just to accept. Granted, my brother's like six, four. I'm only five, five. He's literally like a foot taller than me, but he allows me to be affectionate and to love on him when I get to be in his presence or even love on him on the phone or when we have calls or whatever. And I just love that. And for my husband specifically, I try my damnedest just to love on him in the manner that he needs it, which once you know your your partner's love languages or even your, like your siblings love languages and you can be able to love them in that manner, that's just the greatest thing. And I try my best to love on the men in my life as much as I can. Um, For me, all the men in my life, their love language literally is quality time. So it's literally me literally coming and spending time with them. Like I remember when 
I was in San Diego and anytime I would come back to Texas, it would be them the first like reaching out like, hey, you ready? Let's go. Let's go up here to Red Robin. Let's go here. Let's go here. You know, let's go to the gun range. Let's do this. And at first, like I'm processing this now, but at first it would be like, "Ah, okay, I got to spend time with family, but I really want to just hang out with friends. But let me do family. But it would be the moments that I'm remembering of like, yeah, I'm going to the gun range with my uncles. Right. And we're shooting and they're teaching me like different stuff that I need to learn. But it's more of that the conversations that are happening and that like, hey, how are you doing? What are you doing? You know, and then I think of like my siblings, like both of my brothers literally said that's their love language, spending time (laughs) like and So coming back, like spending time with them, but also for me, I literally check on my siblings probably every other day, but we have a group chat. We talk, we text like, Hey, how can I support you? What are you going through this week? Because yeah, support is great when you're physically in the same location, but if you're not, then what does that look like? And how do you, you know, love on them then? And it's, you know, phone conversations, we talk, we Marco Polo. And then I think of like my, right. Yes. (laughs) I think of my cousins, which is so funny because one of them has five kids now. A lot, man. I was like, you need to go ahead and get a vasectomy. He does. He need to wrap it up. I told him that too. So if you hear this, you already know, you know, you know. Um, But like, even with him, his, his is quality time. So he was like, hey, I haven't seen you. I know you're back. Like, can we go see Avatar together? And we did. And granted, he had half the kids. He has five kids. So, you know, mom take half, dad takes half. And so that was really cool just to like start to get into his like I know I'm with him but it's cool to see his family right because now yes he's my family but he has an extension of him with five different humans and so I think that's cool of like supporting them of like hey I'm here let's spend time together whether that's like going to the movies gun range eating whatever but that quality time is something that I feel like you can't replace one because I mean you can't buy time and so with with that I have a question for y'all and this is just random don't be judging me is it wrong to flirt with your god's dad if he looks really good like if he's like part of the you know ls the silver fox club i mean we got to give them nate flowers too right in all kind of ways so i had that thought as well also here's my thoughts on that thought what exactly is flirting and what exactly is appreciation because i feel like the lines are really close together and i feel like the deciding factor is intent is it your intent to be Mrs. I'm going to take your daddy and you? Or is it a appreciation and giving flowers to your dad and all that he does? And maybe it's just a situation of, yes, I see all the good that your dad does. And maybe if I compliment it and verbalize it out loud, your trifling butt will do the same. So I think, like I said, it's about the intent. Are you learning or are you expressing explicit appreciation for what he is doing and the characteristics that he has? I appreciate you for breaking that down because one of my homeboys, dad, I'm like, you know what? You're a good man. So the appreciation of him, one of my homegirls, dad, that intent is very different, but <laughs> I appreciate him too for being a good dad. I appreciate him for being who he is. And I appreciate him for looking the way he looks. I mean, 
if he is not married nor in a committed relationship and considering that you are cool with his daughter and you are not in a relationship with his son i say shoot your shot sis she won't let me she already said she'll uh we can't yeah we won't be friends she don't want me as her stepmama ain't no fun if the homies can't have none I mean, I'm saying y'all are weird. I agree with you both. Y'all, thank y'all so much um, for letting us know how to build a man and <laughs> what we want. And really, we really just want to give our flowers to all our black men because, you know, it's not every day that you get your flowers understand like how much you are appreciated and so we really want to give that to you we want to know we want you to know that even in your hoochie daddy shorts you're great in your suits you're great at home you're great you are loved respected and seen and not only that we love you and we know that you have and we want to encourage you to continue to learn your self-worth self-love and self-belief and with that a word from our sponsor Hey, beautifuls, this message is brought to you by The Grass is Greener on the Other Side, where we help women who have anger, sadness, and shame from being cheated on learn how to heal and take their power back so they can regain confidence, restore their peace, and attract the life of their dreams. We can be found on IG at Brianna underscore Latrice. That's spelled B-R-I-A-I-N-A underscore L-A-T-R-I-C-E. And for all of the Where's My Blueprint podcast listeners, we're offering free 15-minute discovery calls. So if you're ready to regain and restore that self-love, self-worth, and self-belief back in yourself, shoot me a DM for a free discovery call today. Because my motto is, honey, leave that cheater and find your peace. If you're interested in joining my new course, Rejection is Redirection, using your past as a reference, not a residence, you can email me at affairrecoverycoach at gmail.com or you can shoot me a dm at brianna underscore latrice see you on the call and so now we're going to transition into our segment of moments of melanation moments Moments of melanation moments of melanation is where we highlight a black person doing their thing today for moments of melanation we are highlighting today we are highlighting johnny reed So after coping with his own traumatic life experiences growing up in the south side of Chicago, Reed launched Project Hill, which is a nonprofit offering trauma-informed professional development to help teachers and students develop healthy coping habits around traumatic experiences. So as a member of the Las Vegas Valley Regional Team, he facilitates trauma-informed professional development for core members and alumni in the Las Vegas Valley region. This kind of happened following the mass shootings that had been happening on the Las Vegas Strip and the demand for ongoing trauma-informed professional development sessions, which has increased with many teachers looking for advice on how to best help their students cope with some of the things that they have going on. One of the quotes that he says is, I'm constantly attending mental health and wellness conferences and receiving further education on successful trauma-informed practices alongside culturally relevant literature that explains cultural responses and individual experiences of trauma. I plan to continue delivering a trauma-informed professional development series within the Las Vegas Valley at the upcoming institute experience of the upcoming institute experience and in other regional locations. So what I love about Johnny Reed is this is a black man again south side of Chicago that's dealt with its own set of experiences and trauma that comes with growing up in environments like that and him being able to develop this 
nonprofit that specifically targets how to address and help and cope with some traumatic experiences that have been going on in his local area of Las Vegas. Las Vegas is wild. If y'all been to Las Vegas, you already know. But living there is something, is a totally different experience. And him being able to put this together, recognizing that young Black men go through a lot of trauma. There's trauma built in, like we've said earlier, it's built into our DNA as Black people. And not everybody has the skills to help with that. And him being able to put together this this program is so incredible. And I just want to give him a shout out, all the success and all of the resources that is needed to make sure programs like this continue, not only just in the Las Vegas area, but nationwide. Um, It's so important. So congratulations to Johnny Reed on everything that you're doing. Many successes to come and to follow. Ladies, what do you think about this incredible project that he's built? I love it. And I also love that they also have a podcast called called Changing Course. And I love that one because having BIPOC educators, again, it's the same thing. And I think is the reason why we started our podcast is representation matters. Our voices matter. When you are when you see someone that looks like you doing something that you want to do that was maybe, you know, ingrained or someone planted a seed that wasn't for you, it's a big difference when you actually see that person that looks like you doing it, right? And for him to have this huge nonprofit and like doing his thing, like kudos to you. And then when you said, I mean, I've never lived in Las Vegas. I don't want to live in Las Vegas. That has never been a part of my plan. But to hear about the shootings and stuff and not just the students that are needing mental health support, but the the teachers and the staff. And I think like we really need to understand that, again, mental health is not just something that should be keep getting swept under the rug. We have to address it. And yes, it's uncomfortable. Yes, it can hurt and things like that. But these these students and these staff members are looking, searching, asking for help. And I'm glad he's there to support them and help them. Yeah, not only is Mr. Reed doing the dang thing by providing this service and facilitating this development for the other, you know, for the people in his community. But since y'all ain't gonna say it, I'm gonna say it. Mr. Reed is fine. Like he got this beard that Nakai was talking about earlier and he he ain't hard to look at so yeah let's give him his um flowers and his kudos for that as well y'all they ain't lying Johnny Reed you fine I gotta see what your smile look like though but you cute line beard and everything nice lips juicy lips Okay, let me stop. Demise? Yes, this hat. So I'm guessing you're bald. Um, With that, Mr. Sexy Johnny Reed, we give you your flowers. We say kudos. Please, please, please keep doing what you're doing. Do not stop. Keep going. The path will open up for you and everything you need. We're claiming and we're asking God that everything you need to continue this nonprofit that is given to you 10 times fold. And with that, we are going to transition into our affirmation. And our affirmation is... This affirmation is for the Black men in our lives. 
I want you to pay attention, to write it down, save it, to speak this into your life on a regular basis. I am a man of substance. I choose to verbally express myself. I possess the strength of my ancestors and the vulnerability of my children. I am human and my life matters. Clap, clap, clap. That is powerful. And like Sunny D said, Black men, go to the mirror, say this to yourself, have it, say it in your own voice and record it and then let it play and let you know that you matter. Yes, you matter. Every single one of you matter. Thank y'all for listening in on this conversation where we give our Black men our flowers. Well, not our flowers, their flowers. <laughs> we give them their flowers. We congratulate you. We love you. And we just want to say thank you again. If y'all have any topics that y'all want us to talk about, discuss, you guys can hit us up on the website, leave a comment. You can hit us in the DMs on Instagram, TikTok, uh, hit us up on Twitter. We want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Also, catch us on every Wednesday, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and listen to Stories with Nay for all naysays from the blog at where's my blueprintpod.com. Again, that's where's my blueprintpod.com and with that we thank you we give you your flowers all you beautiful black men out there and i'm over and out bye peace out Thank you.